Coach, hey, thanks for joining me today on this simple coach-to-coach interview. Um, do appreciate catching up again. Uh, it's been a while, and um, yeah, just just interested in your perspective of your past season and sort of what's up coming for you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me. I, I enjoy the opportunity to do this. Uh, you know, this past fall was, I think we talked about in my first interview, we had 11 incoming players and we knew there were going to be some challenges associated with that. Uh, and I was absolutely adamant in my interview and anybody that talked to me that it was not going to be a rebuilding year. Uh, I, I think that I, I, I still maintain that's a cop out that, you know, it's an excuse to not find success. Uh, we made it back to the postseason for the sixth consecutive season. Which you know that's a good thing. Uh, we fell one nothing to a team that lost in the conference championship match. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, did we feel like we probably should have won that game? Yes, but at the end of the day, that's not the way this game works. Uh, you know, we were we probably had two or three, maybe four games that we felt like we should have done a little bit better in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, our experience or inexperience may have played a role in that, well, yeah. but. Uh, you know, I think it's just one of those things. That's the beauty of the game that we're talking mm-hmm. about here is that you can find excuses or you can simply say, hey, today wasn't our day. Mm-hmm. And those days weren't our days. But we've got, you know, we had a great group of kids that, you know, for us, it really became about more than just the wins and losses on the field. Uh, we had a 3.2 GPA in the fall. with the Nice. Team. With, and it, That's with, big. It is. And with, you know, with 11 new players... Uh, I think we had three freshmen that had 4.0 GPAs. Like, wow. that's that's not the norm. No. Uh, we did a lot more service work. We we did a number of local youth clinics. We got engaged with the local humane society. Uh, we actually just this past weekend we did an event with local Special Olympics. Uh, so we really focused on excellence in all aspects of being mm-hmm. a student athlete. And, you know, that transitioned well. We had our spring games the two weeks ago. Uh, we went 2-0 and on the day. We won wow. one nothing, and we came mm-hmm. back from – we went down a goal in the, inside the first three minutes, and we came back, mm-hmm. and we won 2-1. to one. Uh, And we did that without, you know, the two senior all-conference players that we graduated. Mm-hmm. We did that with a couple of injuries. We lost uh, arguably our starting striker. Uh, I think 10 minutes into the first game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we had to battle and our guys really focused on controlling the controllables and they've put us in a good spot going in where we're going to have six or seven incoming kids for the fall. Mm-hmm. But the standard has been set that we're going to strive for excellence. We'll have good days and we'll have bad, but that doesn't stop us from working. Yeah. I. You... That's that's the only route to success, you know, it, like it, it, taking it your knocks and dealing with your knocks. If you ignore them, you're never going to get better, right? You're just going to fall well, into the same trap over and over and over again. Right, and that's a big piece, you know, we're talking with our kids in our end-of-year meetings right now. Mm-hmm. It, the mindset has, has drastically shifted mm-hmm. uh, as they've gained the experience of, you know, I had a bad day today, and, well, here's 15 reasons why. Mm-hmm. No, I, I had a bad day. And, you know, I I read his autobiography prior to the full scandal breaking. Uh, mm-hmm. But Lance Armstrong, in his first book, 
uh, it's not about the bike, talked about his recovery from mm. uh, cancer, cancer and his chemo. Yeah. Uh, and he talked about, you know, there were when he made his initial comeback, he would get so frustrated because he wasn't winning. Yeah. And he he initially struggled to understand that it's a process that recovery takes time. Yeah. That rebuilding that strength takes time. Yeah. Um and that's something our guys it's just like hey sometimes you're you're not going to be at 100%. We all have bad days. And if you choose to accept that hey it's just a bad day, you can grind through and you can get better a lot more quickly than if it's like oh well I was stressed out because of class and mm-hmm. I I didn't hydrate properly. Now, maybe those things can have an impact, and maybe those things are true, but are you allowing them to be the crutch mm-hmm. that, that gives you an excuse? And for us, it's just like, hey, we, we're going to be better. We had a couple of days this spring where we were far from our best on the yeah. training pitch. And I told the guys, I said, if you know specifically what caused you to have a bad day, great. But collectively as a group, we have to come out and we have to be better. Mm-hmm. And if we strive for that every time, we'll be fine. Again, we had some of our best practices the days after we had rough ones. Yeah. Because guys just said, hey, I didn't have a good day, and I have to be more mentally prepared, more physically yeah. prepared, and I will be better. Yeah. There's, um, I don't know, it's probably some, I think it was like some interview or some meme or something like that where, you know, in the totality of a – season or in performance it's all about thirds right Mm -hmm. a third of the practices games you play to your or do things to your potential a third you sort of are you do what you have to do um no glamour no outstanding but you just do what you have to do and then a third where you underperform and it's what you do in the underperformance that gets you uh, to do more overperformance. Right? I'm laughing because, uh, and, and this is crazy because I never get to bring up this reference. Um, mm-hmm. Do you Have you ever watched the show The West Wing? Uh, just a couple. Not. I'm not a big okay. television guy. So there's, a, there's an episode, and for any West Wing fans that are out there, um, th- there's an early season episode with Rob, L- Rob Lowe, who's playing Sam Seaborn, and he mm-hmm. talks about... Uh, in a major league baseball locker room, manager mm-hmm. says, okay, we have 162 games this year. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows you're going to lose a third of the games. You're going to win a third of the games. Mm-hmm. It's what you do with the other third, third yeah. that matters. Yeah. That's going to determine how much of a success things are going to be. And he, he yeah. was making that analogy to politics, yeah. but I literally, I just couldn't help but laughing as I literally had just watched this episode no, the no. other day. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I get to make a West Wing reference. <laughs> um, so for anybody watching, yes, I'm a huge history nerd, and yeah. uh, those sort of shows I find really interesting. Good. But So uh, congratulations. I will make an award for you. This is the first West Wing reference I think I've had on this channel. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm uh, <laughs> Happy to be a pioneer, and there's probably a bunch yeah. of young coaches out there saying, what in the heck is Hickey the West Wing? Told, yeah. um, well, I drop references to happy days, so don't you, feel so. <laughs> yeah, but things, I, like, that was a show. I, I had a bunch yeah. of older brother and sister, yeah. and so, like, that was a show that I watched. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, I make all sorts of references that, I mean, mm. my kids barely know who Chris Farley is, so... <laughs> Uh, we have a couple of we have a couple of mandatory oh, movie days on our bus yeah. where we'll watch that. Yeah. Um, 
they most of my kids have never seen the movie Major League. Oh my god! Like it's one of the they don't know what they're missing. That's well, so that's <laughs> that Major League One and Major League Two will be Dude. mandatory viewing yeah. and make them turn off their own tablets and stuff. Yeah. Like no, we're watching this on the bus this year because uh, I still own the DVDs, which these yeah. kids are like, what are DVDs? Uh, what, what are DVDs? Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, all right. So you went six, eleven, and one. Yep. Let me let me just ask you the 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 boss's question. What? How how would you assess your coaching this season? That was uh, in the immediate aftermath of the season. That's that's always the first thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And I don't think I made it to the locker room of that loss in the playoffs before I realized I had made in that specific game. I had made a couple of coaching decisions that that impacted the outcome of the game. Or at least I think could have impacted the out of the uh, the outcome of the game, um, but beyond that, I think, you know, I, and I said this in my initial interview with you that we were going to do everything in our power to make our players prepared mm-hmm. to not have it be a rebuild, and I think we did that. I think we laid out the expectations. I think we coached them in a way where we said we're not going to let the excuse of, oh, you're a freshman and that mistake is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we wanted them to understand that, no, we're going to try and we want to set a higher standard here. Yeah. Um, now, I think a couple of areas where I probably should have been, and it was tough because we didn't know initially when we did our schedule we were going to be so young, mm-hmm. but I think I scheduled some non-conference games at times that weren't ideal for us, and that mm-hmm. falls under coaching to me. Yeah, uh, and I think that there were days where squad rotation could have been more impactful for us, a hundred percent. And I think that's something as a coach that I still struggle with. Of you know, I, I this is a known entity. I want to stay with that versus well, this could go well if we try it. Mm-hmm. And. I think that's something that as the season went on, I became a little bit more comfortable with, but I needed to do a little bit more early on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there there are absolutely areas for growth for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will continue to be, absolutely. And it's funny now having our end of full end-of-year meetings uh, and talking with some of the kids who maybe struggled this fall, who had really good springs or continuing to develop. Uh, but I found that we created a mechanism in the spring season that allowed for greater communication between the coaching yeah. staff and the players yeah. uh, and the individual players, not just the group. group. Uh, and recognizing that that was something that we needed to bring in earlier. Mm-hmm. That was something that we had a means and we had access to during the fall. And now it's, it's helped us a ton, but that's something we know we have to stick with going forward. Mm-hmm. So, Little things like that, you know, I'm always going to be critical of my own coaching and decisions that I've made or didn't make. Uh, You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I know 15 years in that this is what I want to keep doing because I'm still striving and, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm wrapping up my master's right now in strategic communication. And there are so many things in the last class that I'm taking about communicating change is a huge subject we're talking about right now. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, God, like just that little extra bit that I could have done, bringing in an outside source to help me communicate that change mm-hmm. 
whether it's an assistant, a captain, a leader within the team, uh, somebody within the college itself. Mm-hmm. You know, those little things are, you know, they're going to continually add up. Excuse me. And uh, that's going to be stuff we're really going to strive for going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm looking at your schedule from this past season, and I don't know if – I mean, to me, I look at your schedule, and I'm like, you're close. You know, like there are five games that if you just – they're one yeah. go differentials that if you just flipped, yep. like you're now eleven six and one, and who or, knows where? To, yeah, yeah. Or there's a couple of other ties Ex- in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, exactly. And, you know, and I think again, you look at those, um, and there are a number of games where that really stands out to us. Where uh-huh. you know, um, I mean, the Potsdam game, we had a couple really good chances to score. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bard game. We yeah. were we we may have played one of the best thirty minutes of soccer the last thirty minutes yeah. of that game this year. Um, that one, the Delhi, the postseason mm-hmm. game that was a one goal game. Yeah, uh, you know uh, th- those certainly stand out. The the main Farmington game, we actually had a goal disallowed inside the mm-hmm. first three minutes. Oh my gosh! Uh, that probably shouldn't have been, and that drastically influenced uh, yeah. the outcome of that game. Yeah. Um, that changes again, the complexion of the game, if that's the case, did. right? For positive or negative. In your yes, case, negative, it, right? Well, it's just it, sort it of was like a uh, boost for them. It was yeah, a, yeah. It, it yeah. took some wind out yeah, of our yeah, sails. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, you can you can easily look at that and say coulda, woulda, shoulda. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the experience from those games and yeah. the fact that we're bringing back so many kids that participated in and watched those games, that, yeah. that experienced those games, that can say, hey, we, we can't let a minor setback setback like that impact us yeah uh so you know i'm always looking big picture losing those one goal games that we arguably could have done better in this year help us for the upcoming season you know it it goes to people there's always the argument of the spring games mean anything yeah that's a very common thread on the d3 boards yeah uh that's my big thing like spring I, I think I think those games do have value. Yeah. Yeah, they don't count statistically, and yes, it's you know, are the, is the team you're playing against a hundred percent? And because the game doesn't count as everybody full tilt, yeah. but again, for us, going down a goal three minutes in and coming back and scoring two to win a game, like that's that's, that's huge. A, that's a huge deal. Yeah, that, that shows kids who, again, with a younger squad, guys that didn't see a ton of minutes. We had two mm-hmm. kids playing in our spring games that missed their entire the entire fall because they were injured. Yeah. For them to to have that experience of hey, we can come back from a goal down. Yeah. Like that that's nothing. We've already sh- and we were playing we played two 50-minute games. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we did that in less than the course of an 87-minute period, like that that's a huge mental boost. Yeah. And you know, I think that's something that gets talked about a lot is, well, you know, it's about physically who shows up and who mm-hmm. dominates. Yes, that plays a role. But let's not downgrade the value of the mental side of those yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got a kid that I met with him this morning, actually. Um, he is a – it was his second year with the team. Mm-hmm. He didn't play a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and – he, he really struggled. He's a great kid, tremendously hard worker, but he just wasn't at the standard we needed him mm-hmm. to be at. Um, and he was also playing the same position as one of our all-conference players. <laughs> but he, he was really, he was struggling. He was frustrated. 
Um, he's a dual sport athlete here. He's playing baseball. Mm-hmm. He is the number one pitcher in our baseball rotation. Um, he has he's lost three games this year in which mm-hmm. he has given up one run in six or more innings. Wow! Like he's he threw a one hitter the other day through six innings and mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or the team lost. It's, yeah. You know, but the confidence that he's picked up from his role in baseball. That's fan- that it translates. He and he trained with us this spring where mm-hmm. it didn't conflict. He was a totally different, a different player. player. Yeah. Now, there's not a lot of correlation between being a pitcher in baseball and yeah. being an outside back yeah. on the soccer field. But his confidence level yeah. it put him in a position where he's going to be challenging for a starting spot with us in the fall. Yeah, yeah. So the the mental bonus that you mm. get from that you can get from these things that you can get from spring or being involved in something that you do well in it, it, it's incredible and i think that's something that gets overlooked it's like oh he he's not a good player maybe there's more going on and it's very easy from to be an armchair analyst when you don't see what that kid's yeah. got going on yeah you know, and it's funny, the kid's also, and he's always been a decent student, but he's having a tremendous semester yeah. in midterms. He had, like, a 3.7 GPA. Sometimes it's just that maturity, right? Like, right. Uh, you know, freshman to sophomore year is a big, big thing. It is. Right? Just maturity. Yep. You go one of two ways. You can be become more immature, like I did, or you become become more mature, as my sons have done. Right. Well, so. and again, it's, it's about finding what you're <laughs> finding where you fit and and then trusting that who you are is the person that people want to know. And I think that's a big thing within our program too, is we have a very welcoming and friendly group that Mm -hmm. it's not about where you're from, what you're, it's about who you are here. Yeah. And that, again, that's that's what he also found was he's like, I can be me. Yeah. And the guys like me for me. And wow, that's, that's, that's just that's a yeah. very different setup than high school is sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm actually looking at your roster, and yep. I mean the other thing to note is indeed how young you are, like how young overall your squad is. I mean, yeah. you're definitely. It seems to me more than half are soph- sophomores and uh, freshmen. Yes. Right? Yep. So. So whatever bumps, bruises, and challenges you encountered this year, that's going to become armor for next year, right? Correct. Like that's the way I look at that. For the younger guys, the older guys, yep. you know, it's what is their, where they're at. But for the no, younger that, guys. That's very much something we've taken a look at, too, mm-hmm. is we had a lot of guys last year, or this past fall, who they had to step into bigger roles because yeah. we graduated 12 kids the year before. Right. And they weren't quite ready to do it at the to the extent we maybe asked them to. Mm-hmm. But now they've got a year's experience in that role, so they're yeah. going to come back stronger. Uh, we were able, you know, we had a couple of freshmen who I think had really, really good years. Mm-hmm. And they're in a position now to take on more. But we had some freshmen that they went through some growing pains. Mm-hmm. But they were also a big part of the spring squad. Yeah. And now they're better prepared as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're looking at our recruiting class. And uh, that's been recruiting this year. And I'm sure other coaches will say, have echoed this. Mm-hmm. Recruiting this year has been different than in past years. And we yeah. all probably say that every year. Uh, we started out in January, if you had asked me, how many transfers are you going to have and how many true yeah. freshmen are you going to have, I would have said 95% of my incoming class will be true freshmen. Mm-hmm. 
I was looking at my board this morning, and we're looking at as many as five, possibly six transfers, wow. and only two to three yeah. true freshmen. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it, it it's just the way things have gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've lost some recruits to some very good programs, which mm. makes me know we're recruiting the right yeah. kid. It doesn't make it any less frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you you know you're looking at the right kids. Yeah. The other part is, and I know this has been a big topic of discussion everywhere, uh, including on the D3 boards, but mm-hmm. we haven't been diving into the transfer portal the way some of these other programs yeah. have. That's not who SUNY Canton is. Right. Um, where I, I think we're, we're talking to one kid in sort of specific circumstances who's in the transfer portal. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, I, I was literally glancing to see if anybody from any schools in our conference were in there. Yeah. So just again, curiosity more than mm. anything. And we, we came across a kid who's at a, uh, another New York state kid who's at a bigger school where he just wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. And we had some ties to his program, his mm-hmm. high school program, his club program sort of thing. So, um, but other, you know, some junior college kids have found us, some non-NCAA kids have found us, and that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to be adding in some kids that have got experience at the college level. Like, we're going to go from having been a very young team to being a team that has a it's good a amount, of, amount experience. of experience. That's huge. And, 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 it's massive, and I think yeah. you know our league is going to continue to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, EJ Ruderman down at Delhi has done a terrific job turning that program. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they, again, they they knocked us out. They lost in the final. Yeah. They they almost tied that final in the final minutes yeah, of the yeah. game. That's what you he know, said. Yeah, they're, they're he's done a terrific job. Sumi Polly is always very mm-hmm. good. We, we've got a couple of new teams coming into the conference. Uh, you know, it, it's always going to be a highly competitive league, but we've, we've given ourselves the opportunity to remain competitive um, and to continue to push where, you know, I, I really think there's, I mean, God, there's 13, 14 teams in our league now, but there's, you know, six, maybe seven teams that legitimately have a shot at winning the conference championship mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. As opposed to some of these other leagues, where you know, this team, these one maybe two teams are gonna be there every yeah. year, yeah. and that's exciting and that's fun, yeah. and it's about getting your team hot at the right time of year, yeah. riding a little bit of luck, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but that you know that's what makes it fun, is yeah. you have these opportunities. You got to be challenged, right? Like they're it's, that's what you want. It was, yeah, uh, you don't, is. you don't, you don't want the challenge. You don't, you want, you don't not want to be as an athlete, right? What's yeah. that? What's, Hey, what's that next level? What's that? And if you're not, you're really not an athlete as far as I'm concerned. Right. Like, I don't disagree with you. It's yeah. not, well, I, I don't want to have a cakewalk to yeah. a championship. I, yeah. I want to walk away. You know, I, I want to be exhausted. Earning it. I want, yeah. I want to feel like I earned this. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's something our our guys also you know we're we aren't um, and Mike uh, Tashak and I are really good friends over at St Lawrence but we're not St Lawrence yeah we're not the same type of team yeah. we're not Amherst we're not yep. Tufts um, Kyle don't yell at me for saying that when you you know uh, but you know we're we're a very gritty grinded out type of team that's who mm-hmm. you have to be when you're us yeah. Um, 
and and that's okay you know what i mean <laughs> like you're you're just you, this circumstance i always you know i the circumstance of who you who 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 your student athletes are who you're able to recruit like that's okay i mean every coach does that okay what am i pl- for the most part i will say yep. who are my players what are my what what are what is the what capacity do they have to do and what's the best way to put them together to win and if it is grinding out gritty and battling for every ball that's it like that's your formula for success i I don't i well it's not everybody plays beautiful pretty soccer you know what i mean like that's the it would be great if we did but the reality is is that there's a there's a range of ways you can play and pick and choose and move and variations so yeah, no, and that's, I mean, I've always maintained that, that you know, and again, I, I have friends that coach in the NESCAC, that coach in the yeah. Liberty League, coach in the SUNYAC, and yeah, they play a great yeah. brand of soccer, yeah. um, but that doesn't devalue any other program out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I coached it six years for Southern Vermont College, which when, you know, we were the smallest school in the NCAA, and we, you know, we competed while we were there. We made ECACs one year mm-hmm. after losing in the final. And we had to go over, we had to play Brandeis on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that was the year they were probably the last team out of the NCAA tournament. Right. This was back in 2011. Oh, yeah. Um, and they were very bitter about <laughs> not having in the NCAAs. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mike Coven was still coaching there uh-huh. at that point. And I, I knew what we were in for. My players didn't necessarily, but I'm like, we are playing a very angry, snub yeah. team right yeah. now. Uh, Beware! <laughs> they, they beat us uh, one nothing, two nothing, mm-hmm. uh, and we actually had a chance to tie the game with about five minutes left. Mm-hmm. And I said, "It was our kid that he's one of the program's all-time leading goal scorers. Uh, he was a first-team All-Conference Player of the Year kid, mm-hmm. and he still to this day cannot believe he missed the chance." Yeah. Um. So we end up losing to them. It was one or two nothing, and and Mike said he's like, "Wow, you guys, you you made our lives miserable for yeah, ninety yeah. minutes." They won the semifinal, uh, four to nothing or seven to nothing, and they won the final by the same score. Yeah, yeah. Like they, I mean, they cruised. Yeah, yeah. Through the other games. Yeah. But again, it was it was who we were. Yep. And our players embraced that. Yeah. We, you know, we had to live and die on the counterattack, and it, it was who we were that year, at least yeah. in that setting. Yeah. Um, and for us, we recognize, you know, we're playing St. Lawrence, we're playing Clarkson. Yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to be practical about our approach to those games. We're we're not gonna outpossess St. Lawrence. I'm sorry, it's not no. gonna happen. And you know what? Like, not a lot of teams would. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, of the 400 and so, like, how many teams would outpossess St. Lawrence? Or, that, that's exactly right. It. That's the reality. Um, it's not just a you thing. It's like, no. look, it's reality. They're that good in, in possession. And so, again, yeah. we, we embrace who we are. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you look back over the history. It, I go back to the Jurgen Klinsmann area, the U.S. national team. Why was that mm-hmm. team not as good as it could have been? Because he tried playing a style yeah, but, with the players that couldn't do it. Yeah. Michael yeah. Bradley was not a 10. Yeah. Alejandro yeah. Bedoya was not a 6, especially against Brazil. Like, in yeah. what realm was that ever going to work? <laughs> and, and those little decisions matter. Yeah. It, conceptually, what he was talking about was right. Yeah. 
But if you don't have the horses for it, you don't put. I'm mixing 87 and you know metaphors. <laughs> you don't put square pegs in round holes. Holes. Yeah, yeah. And that was something that you know I I think Bob Bradley certainly understood with our team. Um, I I think uh, a few others. Sorry, my office line is no, it's okay. Uh, ringing on me here. Uh, but you know. Even Greg Berhalter and people, that, that's a whole other can of worms. That yeah, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. It's a rabbit hole we probably don't need yeah. to go down. But he got the most out of a lot of players on that team. Yeah. And that's what an effective and good coach in a well-run program does. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of small schools out there, especially in the D3 realm, that you know they're very good coaches who embrace who they are. And are they ever going to get the plaudits of the you know the upper no. echelon top no, yeah, no. Yeah. and that's okay because that's not why we do it that's yeah, not yeah. you know i i love what i do i yeah, i have yeah. even on the hardest days i have so much fun doing this mm-hmm. we, we ran our id clinic this past weekend in a torrential downpour <laughs> yeah. and I, i've run id clinics in snowstorms and oh my gosh it's cold and it's tough to it's tough to assess but it's fun yeah, and when the worst places you, to be, that's yeah. for sure. Well, when the student athletes see you enjoying that, yeah, their their experience increases. Yeah, so you know, and that's how they get the most out of their time in your program. Yeah, that that's that's a cool thing. I I was just gonna say just because of something you said about coaches embracing the way they play, I do think that there are a. a, a I mean, I, I don't have any evidence other than my own observations and, and sort of conversations, but I do think that there are there are coaches out there, and probably more so at the, I think, at the club level, like it, b- before mm-hmm. um, going to college, that I almost think that they have a this is who I wish they were, the players were, not who they really are. Mm-hmm. And so they pick players based on that wish, like, oh, this guy's going to be able to do this, that, and the other. And when the reality is, is that that's not the type of player they are. That's not what they bring to the table um, in a game. And as a result, you see guys, like I said, I just think that makes you underperform. It, I would say, how do you put, put on a field 11 guys in a in a way to be successful right right well, and sometimes again, that, that's acknowledging right it's acknowledging what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are i mean when you see it as a referee yeah you know what what should the goal of club soccer be yeah, or youth yeah, soccer yeah. Be? Youth, yeah. what has it become are two yeah. very different very different things, things. absolutely and, you know we we had um you know, it used to be club soccer. It was development. It was yeah. it was a tool for college coaches to have another avenue to see kids for yeah. the for the kids who were truly passionate about it yeah. to continue their growth. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, we had a number of kids who wanted to come to our ID clinic, and their coach said, "Well, you have to make a choice between playing college soccer or being committed to our club." Yeah. Well, club soccer is supposed to help me get to yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I said, I said, look, if you're committed to your club, I understand. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm not going to sit here and make decisions for kids. That's a decision yeah. they have to come to. Yeah. And I'm not going to hold it against them for making a decision they feel is in their best interest. Do I wish they could have come to our clinic? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. I will work hard to make sure I have another opportunity to see mm -hmm. them play. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that it's, well, no, like you need to come to club stuff. We need your, it's, yeah. it's a money-making thing, and we have to win games. That's not what club soccer yeah. was, in, I don't want to say, in, it's not what it's there for. for. Yeah. But it's what it's become. Certainly. And I'm sure you, you've seen doubt. all the posts, oh, and I've God. seen a couple of your comments. that are like, we've got U9 tryouts where they're doing fitness testing? Yeah, yeah. What, are, are you, you want to talk about a I love that. If they were talking about the same thing, I yeah. laughed. I'm like, no, this again, is awesome. It's, <laughs> it's not every club. It's not, no. I, I would even argue it's not widespread, but the fact that it's out there. Out there. Exactly. In this sport, new things get cloned. Yeah. And it's, well, we want to keep up with that club long term. We need to start doing that stuff now, too. And, you know, I applaud the clubs to say, yeah, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to talk from, you know, U12 and down. We're going to do development. Yeah. We're going to work on fundamental skills. We're going to teach yeah. systems and styles of play. And then, yes, when you get to the older elite stuff, fine. You can build that in. But, you know, can you imagine being nine years old and being told your body the, has The beep it. test. Yo-yos. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you want to talk about why we have a burnout and a mental health problem in this country with athletes. Yeah, I don't doubt, I don't doubt that at all. So, and it's not just soccer, let's be clear. Oh, it's, it's not. not just, it's, it's, I mean, basketball, I mean, ho basketball is, hockey, baseball, some of the yeah. stuff the baseball guys go through is crazy too. Yeah, I mean. and it's it's one of those things, like we, I think we, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend to say I have all the answers on how to fix that stuff. That's Yes, we do. Someone, that's why uh, we're talking. This is why. Well, I, I have some <laughs> ideas, not all of them, and I certainly don't know how to implement it, but, yeah. you know, people much smarter than me can figure that stuff out. Yeah. But it's just, we, we need to change drastically the way we're approaching some of those well, things, for I, sure. I think, so this is my latest theory. I think part of the problem is that what started out with a very clear objective is that we're going to take, in soccer, because this is, this is where we're at, we're going to take kids and we're going to make them get better or help them get better and understand mm -hmm. the game more. And by default, like that process of growing up, where he ends up, yeah, it doesn't really matter. And then we started sort of moving that that goal further and further and higher and higher. And now you got guys talking about pyramids with paths to professionals that might apply to... 1% of 1% of all soccer players. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that applies. Like, it's not – the majority, again, just this observation, majority of players don't think about that. They're just thinking, hey, this is a blast. You know, this is great. I want to be a better soccer player. How do I become a better soccer player? Ooh, I saw those moves. And how do you capture that enthusiasm when you have a club that's like path to – Pro, hey, you're not physical enough. You're down. Hey, you're too small. Yeah. You're down. Like, just again, I just think we've warped that whole sense again, just because of who's driving the conversation around that. Well, it's, yeah. so as you're saying all of this, it's something that I it, again, I go back to my individual meetings, but I just wrote this down, and I don't Fine. know. Like, yeah, yeah, that's I'm it. Enjoy. Yeah, like, that's it. How much? How much better will things be? And yep. You know, when we talk to kids from club, again, the, the amount of high level or professional soccer that people have access to now. Yeah. When I talk to a kid from south of Albany, 
New York and down mm-hmm. the and I say you know like hey you're not terribly far from New York City I mean if you're in Albany you're within two to three yeah. hours um have you been down to see the Red Bulls or City FC play or anything they're like no like yeah. why hasn't why aren't clubs in like I know because I have a friend who used to work with the Red Bulls they they do discounted group pricing for clubs yeah like there yeah. there was a program with the Red Bulls and not, and I don't know if it's still there but club teams within I think 30 miles of New York City could bring their entire team oh, yeah. for $5 a person. Yeah. yeah. Like, We did that them. years ago when my kids were younger. Yeah, get them out it, there. You know, Different and, and side there's, of it. Yeah. throughout the Northeast, it, it, like, and I, and I know other coaches have talked about this, kids who say, oh, I think I'm a great fit for your level. Well, have you seen us play? No. Yeah. No. Well, then how do you know what our level is? Yeah. And it's, you know, we recruit a lot out of Central New York, and I tell kids all the time, I'm like, you need to go watch Syracuse University play. Yeah. Not just because I like Ian and Yuka and Carter, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, like it's such a good level, and they run that program the right way. Right, yeah, and it, it's accessible. Yeah, like, go see, yeah. go see high level soccer. We're talking with our kids. I have a number of kids think... on my team from Plattsburgh. Drive an hour north to Montreal. Don't get in trouble, but yeah. go to an impactor. It's at yeah. Montreal FC now. Yeah. Go to a game. There are no yeah. bad seats in that stadium, and you can see a great level of yeah. play. The 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 funny that's interesting that 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 you say that because I think a lot of kids, again, just in my experience, have an overinflated sense of where how good they think they are. In one mm-hmm. part, because of what the clubs do, right, and sort of how they boost the players, and and they they play in a very sanitized environment, right, mm-hmm. and so. And and their failure to watch the soccer that is around them, mm-hmm. right? Because they're so focused on themselves and they're so focused on whatever their particular team is. And they don't lift their heads to see all the soccer. So to your point or to whoever that coach was who's like, have you ever seen us play? Then how do you know how what level yep. you're at? And that's because they don't. I don't think they they watch the Premier League, and that's almost like that Valhalla, you know, that mythical yeah. thing, right? Like that's some that's huge entertainment Hollywood. Like I'm never going to get there, but there the rest of it, it's just no, I'm I'm good because I am, right? It just doesn't. Well, and that's I uh, so I do like some private training and stuff throughout the year, generally mm-hmm. goalkeepers, but occasionally some field players. Uh, and there's a young woman I'm working with who wants to go to Clarkson and play for mm-hmm. Coach Ward. Yeah. Uh, and she's entering her junior year, so it's an important year as far yeah. as that sort of stuff goes. She's never played out of outside of Section 10 in northern New York. Yeah. Uh, now, for those that aren't familiar with Section 10 in northern New York, um, it's not the highest level soccer. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the lowest levels of high right. school soccer in the state of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I flat out asked her, I'm like, have you been to see Clarkson play well not yet okay well it's five minutes from your house you need to go yeah you need to see this team play yeah. uh and you need to expose yourself you need to go to some like I, if you're dead set on going to Clarkson that's great mm-hmm. you need to go to a training environment in the summer outside of what I can provide and see what other kids are looking to go there yeah you need to go to an ID camp that they're at yeah. Because that's the level you're going that's to be right. assessed against. That's the easiest one, right? Like, and, and go to ID camp, you're going to know pretty quickly sort of yeah, your, where and, you and stack. I know, 
she hasn't played outside of Section 10. That's going to be the most valuable experience for yeah. her in her development of, wow, yeah. I thought I was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a long ways to, like, I have a lot of competition. Yeah. And that's that's a very and I grew up in small town New York. I didn't play club soccer. Yeah. I was a standout player where I grew up. Yeah. I also knew when I got to college that I was not going to be a big fish anymore. Yeah. Uh and I was realistic to that and I was very, you know, my parents kept me very well grounded in that. My college coach kept me very well grounded in that. Uh and I had some coaches growing up that, you know, I I'm 5 foot five my wife somewhere is laughing saying you're not five foot five you're maybe five four um and i was a goalkeeper on a hill you're five foot five yeah (laughs) a very tall hill um i'm still taller than her that's all that matters uh she she probably won't see this so i can get away with that um but you know i played basketball and soccer growing up and i was a goalkeeper and i was a guard and i had coaches who said you've got to be fundamentally perfect in these other areas yeah and you have to work incredibly hard as a goalkeeper. I had to work very hard on handling crosses. Yeah. Especially at Juniata, we were playing We were playing Messiah. We were playing Elizabethtown. Our non-conference yeah. schedule was Johns Hopkins, Case Western, Carnegie yeah. Mellon. Still like, is. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm, as a goalkeeper, my first game, I, had stri- I played Carnegie Mellon my first game. Mm-hmm. Their center striker was six foot three. Six, yeah, yeah. I was not six foot three or close to it. (laughs) So I had, you know, but I became aware and knew what I had to do. And I was realistic about what I needed to work on. And I think that's something I think some clubs have gotten a lot better about that. Yeah. I still think some clubs, they want to, you know, know, we know what we're talking about. Yeah. There's plenty of those. So, you know, that that's, again, that is what it is, but... When, when um, I was, it's funny you say that, because when I was playing um, I, after college, I thought I was pretty good, and I'm thinking, oh, I could do this for a living, and um, um, ended up going to Spain, and it mm-hmm. was very, it became very, very quickly it became obvious that being pretty good puts you in, like, a pool of a lot of pretty good goalkeepers. Yeah. Right. And that there's you to get out of that pool. Like it, it's very difficult it's, because it's, it's so hard and it was an eye opener for me. Cause I'm like, yep. Oh, you know, like, Hey, and so anyhow. Well, we had a, a kid a few years ago who went uh, to Europe to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up playing in the third or fourth division of Romania. Mm-hmm. And he did well there. He he was a starter every game for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was tactically, he he had the highest soccer IQ out of any player I've ever coached. Tactically, mm-hmm. he was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, he was not the most athletic. He was not the fastest. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, he was one of the most sound. And again, he mm-hmm. understood he understood scanning and field vision yeah. and positioning and anticipation. Yeah. Uh, and he actually told me. Uh, between year one and year two, he had a couple of friends go over and trial with the club mm-hmm. that were D1 players, scholarship level players. Yeah. They didn't last more than two weeks. Yeah. Because athletically they were at the level, yeah. but tactically, tactically they, they're they not. Yeah. couldn't. And that's yeah. okay. That's not that they're, you know, they're not bad players. Right. That doesn't take away from the experience. But it's, again, it's about finding that right fit. And again, he realized what he needed to do to be at mm-hmm. that level. 
Um, yeah. And for, you know, it, we're a country that awards athleticism. Yeah, yeah. Oh, We, totally. we really do. And totally. until we can catch up tactically, we're we're gonna struggle. I think that's our big. I think that's our big gap, and I think it's it's again, and not to go into the whole club soccer thing again, but I do think it's largely driven at that level where mm-hmm. there's such the priority. And I understand it, right? Clubs to make a name do have to win. They do have they to do. perform. Otherwise, they're not going to attract the bit. So like this vicious cycle. Um, but I do think that they end up. What I'll say is just taking the shortcut mm-hmm. of. You know, it's the big, big, fast, strong, right? Like those yep. guys and the slower, more thoughtful, tactically aware, thinking about the game in a little bit different ways, they're sort of sacrificed because it's the perception is that one, they're not going to have the impact. And two, it's too hard to get the other players to sort of play in a way that a bl- yeah benefit you know well, so, it, it, and i don't know i i don't know what the answer is there right like well, well there, there's there's risk associated with it and you yeah. have to manage yeah, yeah. how much risk you're willing to take and you, right. again, you look at you know you think back to some of the best players again Messi. everybody said was undersized yeah. iniesta yeah. no he's he's too slow. Javi, he's too slow javi he's too slow um and yes i'm a huge barcelona fan and i always yeah. will be but it, um, Pep Guardiola, same thing. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like no, he's not. But they don't all have to be Lewandowski's. They don't all have to be Holland's. No, right, right. There's right. there's a role for these other players. But as a club, are you willing to take a risk? That right. you know, and I look at my my starting center back this past year is five foot two. Yeah. I want you to think about that. And a team yeah, that went yeah. to the conference postseason, he's five foot five two. two. Yeah. His older brother was one of the best holding midfielders I've ever had. Mm-hmm. He was five foot three. Yeah. We we took a calculated risk that yeah. they could play the game well enough. Yeah. That it wasn't their size wasn't going to hinder them. Yeah. And lo and behold, it yep. it worked out. Um, and again, my coach took a risk with me as a goalkeeper yeah um i mean he's he handed me the starting reins my freshman year against messiah yeah which i was not i was not overly appreciative of at the time i was like my my honest thought was am i being punished um you know that's a heck of a game to decide that's where we're going with this uh and and thankfully i only gave up two goals that game because that could have had a very different ending but it was it was a risk associated with you know we're, we we've got a couple of taller goalkeepers on the bench, but the risk was there and I appreciated him taking that and I hope you know I repaid that a little bit. We won a few games at least while I was there. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's one of those things that a club has to make a decision, a coach has to make a decision, and you know it's not always about the short-term benefit and that's the hardest yeah, thing i think yeah, for clubs clubs to do yeah they're for profit long term isn't always something they can yeah. take a risk with yeah yeah i i agree i agree with you hey um this has been fantastic i yeah. i do i can totally get down go talk about this for hours and just oh, sort yeah. of you know fix it by the time you're done you fixed it all and we're all good and we just need to get somebody to listen you know yeah (laughs) um but um hey i just wanted to just to wrap up here um 
I just wanted to ask you just sort of what your recruiting class yep. looks like. Again, you lost a lot of guys, so I'm just trying to figure out yep. how you're going to make that up. And, and again, already knowing you're young, and these some of these guys have a world of experience already with just one season under their belt. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we, we set out this year, we were going after a number of pretty high-level kids, good high school teams, good club teams. Uh, some of them have panned out, some of them have not. They've chosen other schools. Uh, it's crazy to be talking here on May 4th that we're still working on this class, but with transfers mm -hmm. and uh, rolling admissions, that's the mm -hmm. boat we're in. Yeah. Uh, I've often remarked that recruiting 11, a kid, 11 kids last year was easier than recruiting six kids this year. Yeah. Uh, we did have, uh, we had a couple kids leave the team for various mm -hmm. reasons this past year. Mm -hmm. uh, we lost one of our kids mid-year last year. He was an Army reservist, and he got deployed to Africa. Oh my gosh. He'll, be, oh my he'll gosh. be back, actually, this uh -huh. fall, which is great. Uh, we're really excited to have Leighton coming back with us and appreciate his service uh, to yeah, our country. Thank you for his service, indeed. Yep. Um, great kid. He really didn't want to go, mm. but, um, you know, it, it was one of those things that yeah. he, he made the commitment to do it, and he... Yeah. He did what he needed to do. Right. Uh, he's a great, hardworking kid. Uh, so we're excited to have him back. Um, so right now we're looking at two to three true incoming freshmen. We're still trying to wrap one up. I'm hoping after tonight I'll have a few more answers on him. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, sorry, i got to look at my board. One, two, three. We've got four uh, transfers, mm -hmm. uh, two of them junior college, two of them four-year schools right uh and the the junior college kids are from the new york state system they both uh, went they did their associate degrees now they're rolling in and that just uh, makes it easier right for them academically like yep. they get yeah, yeah yeah and uh it's funny one of them is a kid that wanted to come here as a freshman out of high school uh -huh. and we told him you need to go somewhere where you're gonna play you need yeah. to develop you need to grow he went and he did that, and now he came. It's funny. He came back to our fall ID clinic, and about mm -hmm. ten minutes in, we we're like, "Man, did Such, that kid get the message?" Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, he's going to be coming in and challenging for a starting spot with us, which is mm -hmm. great. Um, so we're we're really excited about this group. The, the incoming freshmen are, uh, they're coming from good levels. One of them actually plays club soccer from an, an alum and former captain, which is wow. part of the reason he found his way to us, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, the other one's coming out of one of the best high school programs in the state of New York at Shazy High School. Um, a bad year for them is not making the state Final Four. Nice. Um, and it hasn't happened in a really long <laughs> time. Uh, and we have a really strong history of players from that program mm -hmm. coming in and being impact players here, uh, which is great. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about this incoming class. Mm. We've, we've got a lot going on here. Uh, as we wrap up, we are, uh, we have, uh, officially probably tomorrow, I will officially be sending in the deposit, but we're going to take our first ever international trip next spring. Wow. Nice. Um, so we're Where? Train, Where are we uh, going? We're, gonna, we're going to Iceland. Wow! Um, yeah, that's an was, interesting place. It, it is. It's a it's a great opportunity. Um, it's not one of the normal yeah locations. Definitely you know, not. we we narrowed our choices down to Costa Rica and Iceland. Uh, we presented the merits of both trips, the the costs with both trips, the fundraising programs with both trips. And uh, the players voted overwhelmingly. They wanted to go to Iceland, which uh, wow. I'm excited about. 
are uh, actually one of the guys that was in was a groomsman in my wedding lives in Reykjavik, so I'll get to see him for the first time since 2015 when I got uh-huh. married. Um, so we've got a lot going on with that, and it's something the players are really excited about. Um, we're going to go in March, which is a little bit colder weather-wise, but um, the opportunity to potentially see the Northern Lights. Uh, We've got a training session set up with uh, the Icelandic national team coaching staff Uh uh, who are all UEFA A-certified coaches. Uh, We're going to be there right before the final window of uh, European qualifying. So so some of the national team players are probably going to be in, which will be cool. Uh, it's shaping up to really be an absolutely fantastic trip. And and again, we, we, as I digress slightly to the youth soccer discussion, Iceland has done the most Most, with the smallest amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, every village has an indoor soccer facility. They, you know, um, and it's funny, I, you know, as we were going through the search process, uh, I talked with the staff at UVM, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been there with their club side, and they're mm-hmm. like, you, this, you need to do this trip. Like, you will, yeah. there is nothing you will be disappointed with. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited about that. The guys are pumped. Uh, the fundraising has begun in Gun, earnest. Because, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, it's something where, we aren't a school where we can simply say, so, yeah, hey, we want to do this trip. Yeah, we, yeah. We've got to fundraise. Yeah. Um, we will fundraise probably almost, uh, well, close to two-thirds of the cost of the trip, we will fundraise to ensure yeah. that every player on our roster Just can go. Good yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, but I'm super excited to go. Like, yeah, th- thanks for that. So like, I was looking. For- <laughs> if, if you want to do a uh, on-site podcast, oh, that would you be... Know, we can uh, we can we can talk about how that might work. So from, from one of the springs, the hot water springs there. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was funny. I I told my wife, and she's like, "So family can go on this trip, right?" I was like, "Well, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll chat about that. Probably have to figure out what we're doing with the kids for that because I don't know if I can handle everybody there during yeah. that, but." Um, no, I think that that's another avenue, though, as we talk about growth of a program and experience that a program can provide. It's not just about wins and losses. It's about, yeah. you know, the, the kids on our team that have never been outside of the new of New York or the Northeast or ever been on a plane. Yeah. You know, where when are you going to have an opportunity for this price to go to it Europe? Could, for a could, week? Yeah. And it could be it could be some for some like the the only thing they ever really do you yeah. know like it, it's, i mean ever do but they they no. don't get a chance to go even to but, a place like they might go to london but iceland is like a really well and, and when are you going to get to do it and play yeah. competitive soccer okay yeah like you're you're yeah. i mean we are very much we're a family unit here yeah you're going to get to go for eight days and play soccer with your family and your closest friends yeah like, yeah, you might take your family on vacation. To, you're, you're not going to be playing soccer. I, I can vouch for this. You're going to be chasing your children around endlessly, and you're going to need a vacation when you get home from your vacation. Yeah. This is just a great opportunity to go and experience something that otherwise you may never get to do. And, you know, there's, there's educational components to our trip. There are service components to our mm-hmm. trip. And so, again, it's not just about going and playing soccer. It's about a whole experience that that helps our kids. Yeah. 
and well, that's something that we're really excited about. Yeah, I will. I will say, like I've always been a fan of Iceland since that, and it's gonna it's gonna speak volumes of me. One of my favorite favorite movies is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> It's hey. like I, I just love that. I don't know why. That's, but, that's, it's, it's better than Roadhouse. Oh, so. there, there, there's so much truth to that statement. It, you know, but it's, it's one of those things that we have these moments that trigger connections for yeah, us. Yeah. I remember when I was growing up, we first got satellite television. I was 13 years old. Otherwise, I had like five channels where I grew up. <laughs> Um, and I would come home from school and I would watch Saved by the Bell on WGN yeah. <laughs> out of Chicago. But some days it wouldn't be on because the Chicago Cubs were playing. Yeah. And I grew up, like, that was, I want to go to Wrigley Field. Yeah. I am not, I'm a Cubs, That's I've been it. a Cubs fan. But, like, I have no ties to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I wasn't born there. I don't have family. But, like, it's like, that looks like such a cool place. Yeah. We in again same thing. We, you know, I my we had ties to Boston. I want to go to Fenway. Yeah, yeah. And I've been to Fenway now, and yeah. like those iconic things. Iceland's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not to mention it's just be- spectacular. Um, just the beauty of it, natural beauty of it is just well, and that's to we have so many outdoor excursions planned yeah. to the geysers to the hot springs to they the do, glaciers they do they do like horseback camping yep some i don't know if that's something you're gonna do but they we do. opted out of that yeah, one yeah. Um, we, for we, obvious we reasons <laughs> yeah um but you know going to the southern coast coast and, yeah just... uh you know we're we're gonna hike to some glaciers to some waterfalls uh there's just and it's geographically it's something that we don't have access to right here yeah and so we're we're really excited about you know being able to take our kids to to do these things um they're all committed to it which is the biggest thing and the thing i love about our program uh, and this is something i talk you know coaches get asked like you know talk about the culture of your program yeah we have a you've seen our roster we have a very diverse roster from a lot of different backgrounds from a lot of different places we have some kids who can just, you know, their families can cut a check and they can go on this trip. We have some kids who need to fundraise yeah, every yeah. time. Yeah. Our whole group made it very clear to me from the beginning, we're not leaving a single person yeah, behind yeah, on this trip that wants yeah. to go. Yeah, if yeah. that means I have to pay a little bit more or I need yeah. to fundraise more, yeah. they're So going. be it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's good. such a cool, cool thing, thing. Yeah. because culturally there's a lot of – I'm out for myself. My yeah, long, yeah. And yes, my long-term success matters. Yeah. But if I can have a positive influence on the other people around us, then I want to do yeah. that. And, and yeah. we have that within our team. Yeah. And I was, I was very moved and very mm-hmm. proud of our kids. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of kids who came. I had a couple of families to me that came and said, mm-hmm. what do we need? Who do we need to support? Yeah. How can we support to make sure every single kid, kid goes? goes? Yeah. And That's to awesome. me, that speaks volumes about yeah we're do we're doing something right here yeah yeah hey coach i hate to cut it short here nope. but i i actually have i'm, I'm late to a meeting okay i'm sorry well i well, i shouldn't everything. have said that maybe if my boss is watching he's like i know which meeting you're missing um <laughs> no but um hey thank you thank you very much for this really enjoyed as always we will um 
Let's connect um, yep. maybe in August before your season as you get closer and get your perspectives on how things are going to roll. Yes, um, absolutely. And yeah. you've got to get me your address. I've got a few things that we need to get in the mail for you. Absolutely. Uh, we, we've got some pretty cool things here that <laughs> nice. I'd like to uh, send your way. And it, you know, right, I, I really appreciate your support. Yeah, I said you. it before. I'll say it again. The fact that you're continuing to do this to, to let all of us small fish have a voice, be seen. But but hear some of the things we have to say. I, I truly yeah. appreciate that. Oh, I told my you. wife this morning, I was like, I, like I'm like i excited to go to work yeah. today. And she's yeah. like, don't you just have meetings all day? I'm like, yeah, but I got one meeting one. in the middle of all of this that I am pumped for. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy. I love hearing. I love. Listen, I just love. I'm. I'm. I always say, and where I've had success in my career, my personal life has always been about building. Mm -hmm. And what can I do? What can I do to make today better than yesterday? All this sorts of things. And so, I get that not everyone's going to be the top dog. And so, I just love the fact that there's guys there like you at a school mm -hmm. that and is doing what you're doing and you know applying it every day and 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 having such a positive impact ultimately on on, well, on kids you. who come through. So, I, I think the beauty in what coaches get to do you know we all talk about ideology and perfect yeah. world scenarios and everything you can be realistic and still maintain some yeah. of those perfect best case scenario yeah. things yeah you got to work at it um yeah. and you know you talk about like by the time we make this trip to iceland happen yes i'm going to be exhausted i will yeah. Have, <laughs> like i'm already a little bit exhausted yeah. but it will be so worth it in the end. And, that, and that's how I feel about coaching. And yeah. a lot of coaches I've talked to that are retiring, it's like, yeah, I'm tired, but man, what a ride. And I had so yeah. much fun doing it. Yeah. All right, coach. Thanks a million. Why don't you get out of here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.